0: Hey, man, it's been a good morning so far, right? Man, that is exciting. I love just being able to hear voices. I would like to introduce you to someone. On the screen behind me is a man named Charles Bronson. Now, Charlie Bronson, not the actor, but man, that mustache. Maybe, no, no, wife said no. Just saying, that, that mustache is, is pretty impressive. Uh, Charles Bronson's a pretty interesting fellow. Um, in 1974, he went to prison in Britain, he, armed robbery, uh, it was going to be a seven year sentence. Since that time, Mr. Bronson, who's actually changed his name like multiple times, he's had four of them, he has had 131 days of freedom since 1974. He is Britain's most notorious prisoner. He has a little bit of a violence issue. Um, He's had multiple fights in prison with guards and other prison mates. He's taken a number of people hostage. Um, unfortunately, he's also got some mental illness. And so originally going in for a seven-year sentence, he has spent his entire life in prison. He's just had years and years and years added on and added on and added on. In fact, he's so much of an issue, he's actually spent the majority of that time in isolation where for just Months on end, no one is around him because he just can't be around other people. He says he's not evil. He acknowledges, hey, I got a little bit of a a mean streak in me. They actually made a movie about him in 2008, which I'll just tell you, it's not a family movie because it's about the most notorious prisoner in Britain. But this is a man who understands what it means to be isolated. In fact, this is a quote that he had. He said, My eyes are bad due to years of unnatural light. My vision's terrible. I have to wear shaded glasses even to read. Years of solitary have left me unable to face the light for more than a few minutes. It gives me terrible headaches if I do. Years of loneliness and small cells have left me paranoid about people invading my space. I now can't stand to be around people too close, crowding me. I hate people breathing on me, and I hate smelly bodies coming near me. Mouths are simply for eating, never for kissing. A man needs a routine to cope with such an extreme situation. For me, it's push-ups and sit-ups. I also pace the room and count each step. Some, I know, lie down on their backs for three hours on one side, three hours on another, the and then three hours on their back. This is a man who, in fact, news groups have come to him and said, Hey, 2020 is kind of crazy. People are isolated. They're sheltering at home. Can you speak into that? And he's like, Yes, I can. Um, and so he's written several books on isolation. He's written several books on fitness. Uh, he was like a six-time strongest prisoner. Um, I didn't even know that was a competition, but this man does like push-ups, like 3,000 of them a day. Uh, he understands isolation. That is something we kind of got exposed to this year. Remember, this whole Uncharted series is really taking a look, and it's the idea that, hey, everybody's having the same conversation. Everybody's having to walk through the same thing. What makes our story different? Like, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, if we are followers of him, what makes our conversation and our attitude and our actions different? And so when it comes to something like isolation, we have felt that this year. Like we felt the need, or just kind of had to stay in home for a while. Man, there's an angst that comes with that sometimes. And people get on edge, and people aren't their normal self. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the good and the bad of what happens when we get isolated. Because a lot of times we think of isolation, and we definitely this year, like when it was months on end of just got to stay at home, like we looked at it at a negative, but actually I want to point one thing out. Isolation can actually lead to spiritual growth. It can lead to your spiritual growth at times. And so if you look on the screen, a couple of examples of this. In Luke chapter 5, he says, But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmaries. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Again, in Matthew 14, it says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Now, I could take those two verses off and put two more up, and take those two off to put two more up. Constantly throughout the Gospels, we see this example of Jesus after engaging a crowd and after ministering to people and healing and preaching the gospel. He would just withdraw away. And I kind of understand that a little bit. Like if you get the question of, okay, are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Like most people think I'm an extrovert. Uh, I love to be around people. I love to laugh. I love awkward situations. Um, But when I'm tired and spiritually, like when I know I'm kind of empty, I want to be alone and I want it to be like this. I like to just be able to kind of pull back, spend some time in the Word, read a good book, and that fills me up. Years ago, I had a guy describe me, he said, you're a vivacious introvert. And I'm like, I like that, that just sounds cool. And so that's me. Like, at times where I get empty, I know that I can just kind of pull away and that fills me up. Because Jesus understands this. He gets done with ministry and he says, you know what, I need to, I need to pull away because life is busy. Jesus understands we can clutter our lives pretty quickly, right? Like we're already kind of ramping back up into that. We had some time where we got to pause, but now life is starting to speed back up, and that's why, man, you go to work, and you feel like, man, I can work and work and work, and then I can go back and work and work and work. It gets busy. We get busy with school. You know, we have a number of students here. Man, unfortunately, you're going to have one of those classes where the professor's like, expect to spend about 25 hours a week strictly reading for this subject, or you're going to fail. And I always just went, "Eh, time to drop this one. And so maybe change a degree plan, something like that. Even family stuff. We get so busy with family. My son's baseball team, there were some weeks a couple months ago where we would spend four nights a week either playing games, practicing, running a concession stand. Like our lives get busy, and Jesus understands that. Jesus' life was busy, even in a culture that was a little more laid back. He was constantly moving, constantly preaching, and he understood sometimes you need to pull back in life and get rid of some of the clutter so that you can engage and focus on God. Because we see what he does here. He gets away and he spends time in prayer, he spends time in worship. He made the time that he had count. That's why earlier this year, JD and I were hanging out behind his house. And man, he, he was a teacher, so he couldn't go to work. And man, he just got all over stuff, man. He built a tree house for his kids. We made a garden behind his house for our kids. That garden did not make it. Um, I don't think one thing came out of it. But we were talking, he's like, man, if, if I was having to do my normal life, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. They understood, like, make the most of your time. Sometimes when we are isolated, we can still do important things. We can grow in God's word. That's one of my biggest hopes for all of us this year, as we've had a little bit more time at times. Engage God's word. Learn something new about it. Learn why you believe what you believe. Be able to back it up. Be encouraged by it. Spend time in God's word Embrace it. Just dwell in it. Immerse yourself in it. Because that's an opportunity that we have. We study it and we go deep with it. Even if it feels like isolation at times is kind of a valley. If you've ever been in one of those, like several years ago I was in one and I was meeting with a mentor of mine and he asked me a question he said, hey, what are you learning in the valley? Like, don't miss out on what God is still trying to teach you. So many times we think of these big, happy, grandiose moments where God's doing stuff and it's exciting and we see all that God's doing and we celebrate it and then we find ourselves in a valley at times and we go, man, where are you, God? He's still there and he's teaching us and we have the opportunity to take time to pull away just like Christ did and say, hey, I'm going to make the most of this time. I'm going to enjoy God. I'm going to grow deep with him. But at the same time, we know, hey, sometimes when you get isolated, it's not so much about spiritual growth. Isolation can also lead to spiritual defeat. So look with me in Ecclesiastes, a book written by Solomon. It's really, really cheerful. That's a joke. Um, But it's really, really good. (laughs) And it speaks to a lot of 2020. Solomon writes this in chapter 4 and verse 9. He says, two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And although a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. We have to understand when we get isolated, when we get put alone and it feels like you're on an island, spiritual attacks are going to be ramped up because what the enemy loves to do is find one individual and be able to attack him versus a body. And Solomon is writing to that and he says, look, you're going to experience spiritual warfare. You're going to experience attack when you're isolated and standing alone is not your best defense. We've got to do it together. In the ancient world, the Greek and Roman armies frustrated so many people, because at the time, most of those cultures said, hey, we kind of fight one-on-one. That's How's a man going to be able to prove himself if he has to be with everybody else? And so they valued this single warrior going out, and man, he's amazing. And then the Greeks would come in with what was known as a phalanx, of these shields all locked together. And The Romans, when they wanted to go a-conquering, they went off into Gaul and Germania with these cultures where it's like, man, that's our best warrior. Just send him out there. And he would run into what was known as a mandible system. And it was all these shields, again, linked together. And these people valued the, the single warrior so much they actually valued defeat because that's what they always experienced. Because you had another group that said, hey, it's not about one individual. We are much stronger together. And they came together and went conquering. And the enemy knows, hey, one believer by themselves says, man, woe to that person because you'll fall. The enemy knows how to attack strongly. But when we come together, we accomplish more. Somebody says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. I want a good reward and I want to be able to come together with people and experience that. God is doing amazing things in our city, in our church. Lives are being changed. People are being encouraged. The worship is amazing, just being able to cry out to God. And that is made better together. When we come together, not as individuals, man, the reward is greater. And so our reward in ministry becomes greater. I'm going to talk more about that within a minute. Outreach. If you don't know, once a month, on the third Saturday of each month, we we reach out with a food and clothing pantry in our community. That thing has grown and grown and grown. We're helping hundreds of people, our neighbors, be able to eat for a week, have clothing that fits and isn't torn up. That's made better together. We've had more volunteers showing up for that, and it is made better. Our reward is greater. When we invite together, it's greater like, I, I, I love talking about, hey, we want to have what we call a culture of invite. Like, if you love your church, if you love South Point Church, hopefully you love it enough to say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Because if you go, eh, I don't really want to invite anybody, that's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't say a lot for us. But, man, I love being able to tell people, look, I want you to come to my church. What do I need to wear? Clothes. Start there. Like, we make the joke, if you're in a suit, it's probably your first time. We'll make sure to welcome you. Like, people are going to be welcoming when you come in. We're gonna get coffee back out there pretty soon. Um, yay, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a coffee snob. So, uh, but when we do that together, the reward is greater. When we have fellowship together, the reward is greater. In fact, it's really hard to have fellowship when it's just single isolation. But fellowship is made better. I experienced this yesterday. So Jay Hyde, sitting back there, good dude great dad went and bought his kids a playground set sent a bunch of us a message and said hey uh... this might be kinda tough for me to do by myself. Do y'all, do y'all think you could come out for a little bit and help? And so Ten of us yesterday, man, we said let's get together and build stuff and then we opened the boxes <laughs> that thing had about two thousand parts in it <laughs> on top of that the instruction said it would take two people ten hours to put it together I want to meet those two people, right? <laughs> like, Because those are impressive people. Because it took 10 of us from like 9 o'clock to 4 o'clock to put that thing together, but we got it done. I'm a little sunburned today. Thanks, Jay. But you know what? We had fellowships together. We laughed. We made jokes. Some of the jokes about, hey, do you really think we can put an adult inside that thing, or uh, are we going to break it? (laughs) And then we did. (laughs) And it didn't break, so good job. Like, it was just made better because there were more of us there. When we come together, like, One, we watch out for each other. That's why it says when he falls, he's got his brother to pick him back up. We actively look for people that we care about and say, you know what? I care about you enough to try and guard you spiritually. I don't want to see you stumble. I don't want to see you fall. I care about you because I know, man, you get isolated. get isolated in your own mind, isolated from other believers and the encouragement that comes with that. Man, it can lead to disaster and so we look for others and we try and help out. We don't want them to experience spiritual defeat. United believers are stronger together in worship and in purpose. When we're united together, you feel that. We talk about unity a lot at our church because it's one of these things that just feels almost tangible, and I love it. We guard that. Like When we get together as leadership, we talk about, hey, what's the, what's the temperature of our unity? Because we want that to be high. And so we care about others and we engage people. And that leads us to this. Christian fellowship is a must. Look in Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews 10 and verse 23, the writer says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day drawing near, we unite together under one confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the confession that brings all of this together, that unites us, that excites us, the man that makes worship better, because we, it's not just singing, it's crying out, hey, we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, which to make that confession, I have to ask the question, is that your confession? I love that we talked about baptisms. I'm so excited we're doing that again. We do it at the end of the month. And man, if you're one that said, you know, I've just never taken that next step. I've never been baptized. Please put that on a connect card. Go on the app. We want to talk about that. Or maybe you have said, hey, a couple weeks ago, I prayed and I said, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. It's a great next step. It's a way to minister and to evangelize other people, to tell people about Jesus. Because one of the things that we always ask, we say, hey, what's your confession or your profession of faith? Jesus Christ is Lord. Maybe that's not one that you make today. But man, every time we talk about Jesus and you see that, hey, this wasn't just some historical figure. This was the Savior, the Son of God, who came to this earth, that loved us sinful people enough That he laid down his life so we could experience salvation, we could experience forgiveness. And when someone says, hey, I want to turn away from my old life, I don't don't want that anymore, I want to to be a follower of Christ, when we do that, we can say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And it becomes our confession. He says, let us hold fast to that confession. And so, instead of isolation we actively encourage one another he says let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and so we look around and we say hey man how can i how can i encourage how can i stir up love in my family like how can i do that in my church family Like, how can I be an encouragement to those around me? How can I be an encouragement to my community? How can I love my neighbor well? Like, we come together and we stir up one another, not in anger, not in a mob sense, but we stir up this body of believers and say, hey, how can we love the world better? And how can we do that through good works? How can we do that through serving? Man, I love at South Point, like, the percentage of people that serve here is unbelievable. Like, I'm looking around and I know that we have... Just dozens and dozens and dozens of people that volunteered. That's a big thing to us. Like, we, we encourage that. From a membership standpoint, it's not encouraged. It's a, hey, it's an expectation. Like, for our church, we want to be a serving body. Like, I don't want this to be a place where you just feel like, man, I can just kind of go in there and, and creep in and, and creep back out. Like, no, we want to do life together. And serving takes us from isolation, and it takes us into a Relationship. Let's us meet other people. Before coming on staff here, when we were kind of in between churches, Whitney and I, we went to a church in College Station. About three weeks into it, we got in the car, and I said, you know what, I think we should be serving. And she said, I was thinking the exact same thing. I wanted to ask you about that. So we joined the greeting team, and this had a blast with it. It let us get to know the people walking in and out of the doors each week. It let me actually see some people that, you know, I had been friends with years before and didn't think I would ever see again. Like, from that, one of the most encouraging things, and once, one Easter, I ran into a guy, and I'm not going to say his name because we're on live, but I went, hey, man, it's really good to see you at church. And he kind of looked at me and was like, it's really good to see you at church, too, because we had had some days where it was not church. <laughs> and I was so encouraged. I'm like, man, look at this guy. He's, <laughs> he's living a different life now. And I got to see that because we got engaged in good works and served. And so, I want to invite you, like, don't let this just be a place where you come in. And there's times, like, I don't know everyone's story. There's times where you just need a place to go and heal. I understand that wholeheartedly. But man, as God's moving, get involved somewhere, stir up good works. You like kids? We've got a great kids program, we've got a great nursery. Get plugged in with that. Do you like students? We've got a great student ministry. Man, if you want to pour in and volunteer and be a part of those things, those are life-changing opportunities. On top of, I can tell you, every one of our volunteers in those areas, they love being together. They love serving together because it allows them to stir up that love. Man, do you play an instrument? That's an amazing gift. I had a guitar for three years, never could learn to play the thing. Like, that's just never going to be my thing. You don't want to hear me sing. But some of you do that well, and God gifted you in those areas. Talk to Josh. Ask him about playing and being a part of our band. Do you like to be behind the scenes more? We've got tech teams that run things. We train people in that. Sometimes people go, oh, man, that's a lot. Ah, If I can do some of that, you can do it, I promise. Do you just like smiling at people? Get involved with our greeting team. Do you want to be involved with what we call our cat team? That's not a creepy cat lady, if anyone's wondering. It stands for Campus Awareness Team, just people that... Kind of watch over things on Sunday. Get plugged in somewhere because it will take you from isolation. It will put you in relationships because I can tell you all of these different teams, they love serving together. It's an encouragement. There's times of laughing. There's ministry opportunities. Get plugged in. Put that on a connect card. We'll get in touch with you. And so there's a couple of things within this. It says, let us not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want to address something, and I really want to address for our online folks. This has been a year where a lot of divisive things have come up and a lot of questions about meeting in person, strictly online. Well, I want to tell our online people, because sometimes I feel like you almost get this judgment thing of why, why are you not in person? That is not the attitude here. In fact, Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for sharing this. That allows us to reach out. You want to talk about inviting, man, plugging this stuff? Somebody do an amazing job with that, and I want to say thank you. And so, for everyone that's online today, you're not neglecting the body. I want to say that. I want to be clear on that. Like, if you are at home, and we've got people with pre existing conditions, we've got people that say, hey, I just feel like I'm not quite ready to meet in person. We love you. We're going to continue to do the online thing forever. Um, in fact, this week, we had to go and make sure because we had some soundboard issues, and that plays into our online stuff, but that's taken care of, and I appreciate volunteers taking care of that. If you're at home, please do not feel like you are isolated from the body in the sense that you're not physically here because we have the opportunity to worship together, and so thank you. Now, if we just neglect all of it, that's what he's really talking about. Where we just say, hey, I'm going to pull back and this whole church thing, like I know some people have a conversation. Well, I'm just not a part of an organized church, but I can still worship God, fine. You know, you can worship God, but this is an expectation from Scripture that, hey, we are the body. And we come together and we cry out in voices to God. And we sing his praises and we glorify him. And we can do that here and we can do that at home as well. And so thank you so much for joining us online for all of our online people. So what do we do with this? What's the next step? We kind of push away from isolation, and we say, hey, we want to come together because we know that that allows us to stand spiritually. That allows us to grow in our walk with Christ. What's our next step with this? This is one I have been praying about all week long. Next week, we're going to really encourage everyone, hey, get plugged into a life group. That's where we go from isolation and we come together and pray for one another and we study God's word together. So I want to encourage everyone with this, get plugged into a life group. Next week we'll have tables set out, life group leaders, you can kind of meet them, see what nights of the week works best. But that's step one, I just want to encourage everyone, get plugged into a life group. But here's where my big prayer has been. And here's where I'm gonna ask us, online, in person, I need you to pray about some things too because as we continue to grow, we say, hey, as we grow bigger, we also want to grow smaller. And I want to really put it out there and encourage you to pray this week for a couple of things. One, pray about facilitating a life group. We need more leaders. As we grow, we need more people that can step in and say, hey, I will help lead a group. And again, if that sounds kind of scary, we can provide material, we can provide training, I also want to encourage you to pray somebody out there about starting a Zoom group so that online people can still be connected. And so that's one of the prayers that I'm saying, hey, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit work on you there. (laughs) Then there's another one. I need somebody to pray about being our life group minister. Praying this week and saying, God, is that something that you're calling me to do? Are you calling me to stir up good works and love In leading out our leaders themselves. Because that's kind of our next step. That's where we have arrived. And so, I could just walk off stage right now. (laughs) I really want people to pray this week. I want you to seek after God and just say, hey, is this what you're calling me to do? And maybe you've never even thought about that before. Never ever thought that you would be in ministry, but God's stirring in your life to love on people and to maybe lead a group or to lead our leaders. And here's what you can do. As you pray and the spirit moves and you obediently say, yes, God, give me a call. (laughs) Jamie at wearesouthpoint.com. Find me on Facebook. Ask me for my number today because maybe by the end of this message, you will just go, hey, God's already been stirring in my life on that. You know, I'm just going to say, you know what? It's time. I'll say yes. But we move away from isolation. And we come together as the body. And I want to encourage us in that. Get plugged into a group next week. We call them life groups because we do life together. It's not a life sentence. You don't have to be Charlie Bronson, okay? You get into a group and go, man, this group's just maybe not for me. That's okay. There's another one. Go to another one. If you go to all of them and you go, man, that's not for me. Maybe it's you. Like, we'll say that. Like, it's not, it's not me, buddy. It's you. you. But get plugged in. We love doing life together here. We love laughing. We love serving. We love glorifying our God. So let's continue to do it together. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I'm thankful for the times that are quiet. Where you move and you stir and you grow us. There are so many times where people were alone and you did big things in their life. Moses out some shepherding area. Bush catches on fire and you, you call him to great things. Joseph sitting alone in a prison cell. And you stir in people's lives and change a nation. On and on. So for those times where it is quiet, God, grow us. Make your will clear for our life. And God, for the times where we feel that we are isolated, God, I pray that we will surround ourselves with good people. That as a church, as South Point, we will grow together. That we wouldn't be isolated and fall, God, but that we would raise each other up. Encouraging one another, stirring us to love good works. God, that we could cry out, our confession is Jesus Christ Lord. And if you're here today or you're watching online and you've never made that a personal thing, and you're saying, I, I need that, I need that love, I need that grace, I need that forgiveness, I want that. Simply pray, God, as best as I know how, I want to turn from my life, and I want to follow you through your son, Jesus Christ. I want to make him the Lord of my life. And if that's you today, man, we celebrate that. We get so excited about it. We want to walk with you. That's not the end. That's just the start of an amazing journey in life. And so share that with one of our staff. Share it with one of our pastors. We want to walk with you and talk about what comes next. God, thank you for bringing us together. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.